this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Hello and welcome to the Jay Allen Show. Today's Tuesday, June the 30th, believe it or not. Well, on today's show, we're going to have a conversation with Kelsey Moore. Kelsey is an actress and a video presence coach for purpose-driven entrepreneurs, helping you look, sound, and feel great on camera. She helps them craft their unique message in a way that creates a powerful, authentic connection to their audience through video so they can stand out from the crowd and become a magnetic brand. Everything she coaches stems from a personal development perspective to help her clients become more natural, comfortable, charismatic, and confident in front of the lens to make the impact they desire and finally enjoy doing video. Well, let's be real. Let's talk about this for a moment. As you are aware, this is going to be a different kind of podcast today. Now, let's say, quote unquote, that Kelsey is not exactly a quote unquote safety professional, but in this new reality that we're in, where we're doing a lot of videos as safety professionals, and we're doing a lot of videos for purposes of training, I really think that having a good understanding on how you should look, stand, and feel in front of the camera is an important conversation. So let's move forward with this conversation with Kelsey Moore here on The Jay Allen Show. So I I always have to ask the question, always when I start off, what caused you to want to go down this path career-wise? I mean, you have some experience doing some different things, so why did you say, okay, I'm going to take advantage now and move (laughs) forward and try to help people create content and be behind the camera while helping them be in front of the camera? Yeah, well, that's kind of a long answer. <laughs> I know, that's why I asked yeah. that one first. <laughs> um, for sure. So, I mean, I, wow, let's see if we can just kind of work it backwards a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, really, about a year ago is when I went through a huge rebranding process with my business uh, because I, I've always, I, I think I suppose since high school had that drive to be an entrepreneur, but in my family, it's kind of been a dirty word. <laughs> like we, <laughs> it was always a little bit like looked down on just because of, uh, I think of our personal familial experiences. No one was ever very successful with it. And it was always kind of like shady deals and things like that. And so anyway, I always, I always kind of had this dismissal of that drive and that desire to, you know, create something of my own, have my own business, my own company, uh, especially like be my own brand. So after college, I really just try, just completely tried to ignore that and just go down the regular route of jobs. And I'll fill in the gaps here in just a second, but it's, it's important to kind of know that, that mindset behind it. Cause you know, we, we, we react to everything from our set paradigm that and, uh, until we intentionally choose to look at it and question it and change it. Uh, we're just going to operate from that base system. So uh, even up until really about a year ago, I was still just feeling so nervous and afraid to really put myself, my face, my name, my voice out there. And I had built my whole business around mindset coaching, about personal development and life coaching, things like that, because that's what really transformed my own personal life and just completely made a huge difference for 
who I was as an individual. And so that's what I started my business as. And it really wasn't until about a year ago when I was like, this is still me hiding. This is still me just living too small. I was still operating uh, my business under my middle name instead of regular, my regular name, Kelsey Moore. And I was, I was just completely holding myself back with that fear of really being seen and being known. And I think that translates really well to my clients when they, when I meet people and everyone's like, Oh, but your, your personality, you're so bubbly. You're, you're outgoing and smiley and you have all this energy and you're an actress. Like, Oh, of course you do this. Of course you're comfortable in front of the camera. And it's like, well, <laughs> no, no, that was definitely something I had to learn and work through myself. And that's really given me the skills uh, with the, with the other pieces that have brought my business together, but to teach that and lead other to do the same thing and understanding what it feels like to move through those fears and allow yourself to finally really be seen, be heard, be known, be visible, create your brand, have you be the star and the center of your own brand. And that all comes down to massive importance of you being able to show up as your genuine, authentic self with your bright, brilliant, powerful, authentic self on camera. So you must nail that video presence. And that's just why I just got so, so passionate about teaching that specifically. But the way, but I'll tell you the way that that kind of came to be was over the past five years, I finally just started to give into like, I have to be an entrepreneur like this. It's just, you know, calling my name. I, I felt that immense deep desire to just start creating the life that it is that I actually wanted instead of living in a way that I thought maybe I should be living. We know we always kind of follow that what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and so over those five years, I learned everything, everything, everything I possibly could about business strategy and building a business online, online marketing, digital marketing, uh, ads, websites, like funnels, all of those aspects whilst completely transforming who I was through personal development, through mindset work. While training professionally as an actress and becoming represented in multiple regions and working on, you know, dozens of commercials and films and uh, industrials. And it wasn't again, excuse me, how it comes full circle until about that year ago that I had that massive epiphany, that light bulb to merge those three facets of who I am into the rebranding of this business to now be the video presence coach for entrepreneurs. So let me ask a couple of questions there because you, of course, I asked a big question and you have yeah. a lot, there's a lot to unpack. Let's start off with the one of the things that stuck out right away. You said you went by your middle name starting off. So what was the chosen name that you were using at the time? Sure. So I went through, I mean, I still had my first name in there, but it was Kelsey Louise instead okay. of Kelsey Moore. I didn't want to be searchable. <laughs> I, okay. I didn't. I, um, changed now, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, and and I I put everything under my company name, Be Marvelous You, which which was really chosen very intentionally. Um, in the sense of, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, I think it's Jim Fortin who kind of has coined this, but living in the be do have model, where you. No, I have not. Oh yeah, it's cool. And this actually, I came up with this name. Yeah, I'm going to share this little story real quick. <laughs> um, I came up with this name actually before I knew this was an actual thought model, uh, but 
you'll see how the how it all kind of connects and builds upon each other. So it's this this idea of be do have where if we operate from being the person that we strive to be that we want to be if we operate from them as our as like our current reality now, then we start to do the right actions and take the aligned steps to then have the end result that it is that we want. Instead of saying, okay, once I have this thing, then I'll do the steps I need and then I'll be this person. So reversing that. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember I was sitting at my office when I was working in higher education as an admin and I was starting to build uh, like my first website and all of those kinds of things and really just getting started with it. And I was like, I'm like, I want to have a company name, but not my name. Good Lord. No, (laughs) I can't put anything (laughs) under my name. (laughs) And I was like, what do I want to call this? And I started to, to think about how is it that I what's a word that can kind of encompass the way that I want to feel most of the time, the majority of the time and something that was like elegant and strong and powerful and uh, like beautiful and intelligent. Like what's a word that encompasses all of these things. And the word that came to mind was marvelous. And that's where the name be marvelous. You came from, and so it's still my company name, but now I really operate everything under just my actual name of Kelsey Moore. Yeah. Well, no, and, it's a, and it's a great company name. Now, I have to tell you, just based on your description alone on what you're saying here, a lot of people I would imagine think that they can go in, jump in front of a camera and go, okay, I'm ready to go. But yeah. you're, you're giving the whole thing of it is a mindset before mm-hmm. you get there. So can you explain some of your strategies, especially in this new, we'll call it the new world, even though I'm tired of hearing that term. <laughs> yeah. But this new world that we live in where everything is in front of a camera, everything Mm -hmm. is either via Zoom, via webinar. So what is it that you start off strategically with people and say, okay, this is where your mindset needs to be? Yes. Excellent question. Uh, So it's, it's completely founded in mindset. You, when you're in front of a camera, you are sharing your relationship to that lens. It is not a natural thing for our brain to be like, oh, I'm talking, especially, especially if you're on, a, you know, doing a pre-recorded video by yourself and you're not live interacting with anybody. For your brain to think, oh, this is normal for me to just talk to this little glass and metal box yeah. like it's a person. Here, let me share my essence with it. And so what happens is people fall flat or robotic or they're not emoting in a way that matches the words that they're saying and people can come across as very different versions of themselves, either as a really presenty, phony, uh, like hyper professional, uh, super polished version of them that's not going to match who they actually are and what their brand is, uh, or it's going to be something that's stiff and and awkward and and uncomfortable and glitchy feeling, which also isn't going to help serve their brand. And all of that really has to stem from how it is that you feel when you step in front of the camera and then what your purpose and your message is for when you're sharing uh, any of your stories, when you're sharing any of your, your teachings, your how-to, your thought reversals, you know, anything that you're trying to help somebody get on board with your thought process of something, it has to be delivered in a way that's actually matching your brand and your belief system, or it's not going to land. It's not going to be able to be received well. This is The Jay Allen Show. Hey, Jay. Just wanted to tell you, I have a new book, and it seems kind of timely. Although I didn't write it for a global pandemic, and by the way, this is my first one, 
it seems to have lots of legs on this topic. The book's called When the Worst Accident Happens, and it's a field guide to understanding how to begin a restorative process of responding to a horrible event. That book is available now on Amazon. I think you'd like it. Tell all your friends. You are listening to a renowned safety expert, Dr. Jay Allen, on Safety FM. Changing safety cultures, one broadcast and one podcast at a time. Join the fun on social media and find us on Facebook at Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, and that's funny that you mentioned that, especially you're that specific, because I will tell you, I get to hang out with a whole bunch of interesting people where mm-hmm. I can see when they turn on the camera, they become a character almost. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'll say it's like their personality turn up from a one to a 10 is sometimes mm-hmm. how things come across. And then it just, it's not that I'm saying the person's phony, but it just comes across as phony because I know them. Yes. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, even though it can sound terrible, depending on how you look at it. But then there's <laughs> that are extremely shy that they might be at a 10 all the time. And then the moment they turn on the camera, it's like the immediate pause because we have this belief system that we're going to have a million viewers watching us the moment because we turned on a camera. <laughs> yes. So you run into these issues with people where they're going what from one extreme to the other. How do you calm them down with strategies in regards of this is what you need to look at? Now, a lot of the people that listen to our show are going into this new world where they might have to do messaging via webcam, via video. And a lot of people get hung up with what's behind them. Mm-hmm. But not the thought process of what they're saying. What would you say there on their strategy needs to be? Okay. So a good place to start for, because it's going to vary a little bit based on the individual where their hangups are. Right. But as far as a specific strategy to get started with being the being the better version of just who it is that you really are on camera is to firstly really figure out who is it that you're speaking to. If you're on a Zoom call, if you're doing meetings, web conferences, things like that, you really like look look at the face of the person that you're talking to and show up in the same way that you would if you were in an in-person meeting with them. And it's kind of nice when you're there on live or you're in a call with someone and you actually do know who who you're talking to. But if you're like, okay, we're doing a live interview that's going to be shared out to the internet, that's a little different, right? That's where we get a little scared. Or you're doing a pre-recorded video and you're just sitting there by yourself and you're freaking out a little bit. So in those scenarios, I need you to write out the name of your ideal client, your avatar or your actual example real life person of who is your most wonderful, awesome client that you just completely adore working with. And I need you to write their name on a post-it note and stick it right underneath the lens (laughs) or pull up their photo on your computer screen, on your phone, have it somewhere where it's top of mind because I want to, I want you in your mind when you're speaking, when you're delivering your message to say their name in quietly, silently in your head, <laughs> not out loud. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Others people are going to get really confused. That's fine. But say it in your mind at the end or the beginning of every new thought. Keep them at the forefront of your mind so that you remember who it is that you're speaking to. And that is going to make you hopefully then 
way more conversational and real and genuine. And this is where your authentic self can start to come out because you're actually there showing up, talking to, serving your ideal client, which then when you're talking to that person, I mean, think about your meetings with them. When you're, if you're doing coaching or something, uh, like how lit up you are because you're passionate about what you're doing. You're so in flow and in, in the moment and you're, you're sharing your zone of genius and it feels good. So if you're putting yourself of that energy and talking to that person, that is absolutely going to attract more of that type of person uh, from the people who are watching that video. And that's something that you bring up, and I've, I've heard it in a lot of marketing strategies about knowing that perfect avatar. So mm-hmm. let's say for instance, you're starting off and you don't have a client, you should be able to know what exactly that person looks like that you're going after, what yes. they look, what they breathe, what they eat, what they do. How big is this in in what you're seeing marketing wise, especially because you've been doing this for a while? How, are, how do you take a look at this when you have new clients come your direction and say, I don't know where to start? How big of a dive is this in part of, of what you're teaching them? It's really important. It, it's honestly, it's very significant. And I think it's something that if you don't have this person already, which is and when you start, you don't. Right. And then as you start taking on new clients, you kind of learn and discover who that person really is. But what's great about this is you get to create them. You can make them up. They don't have to be a real person yet. They can, uh, you know, they can be what is your ideal version. So you can, you can create who this person is, but give them a full persona, know them. And it's probably a version of you that's just maybe from a couple of years ago something that's similar to what you've been through, because then you can really understand what it feels like to meet them where they're at, to talk to them and share the information that's going to reach them in the most beneficial way, because you remember what it felt like to be there, to be like them. But you have to, you have to be speaking to this one person. If you hop on camera and you think I'm speaking to a robot, to an inanimate object, that's not a real person. Or you're thinking, oh my God, are thousands or millions of people going to see this? I don't know who those people are. They're going to troll me. I can't say this thing. I can't be myself. Like if that's the stuff that's processing in your mind, then that's exactly how we're going to see it as the audience. Because so this is where the way I coach things particularly is very different than uh, there's oh, there's not a lot of people that coach that I coach, but <laughs> that do that's a little different is because I'm coming from film and TV acting. And one of the things that they really teach is you don't ever want to show your emotion. Mm-hmm. You simply want to feel it because what you're feeling and thinking on the inside is what's seen through a lens. The, the lens captures nuance. So if you're feeling panicked and like drowning in your own mind with all of these, Oh my God, who's going to see this? I don't know. And am I doing it right? Like (laughs) you're going down a panic route, then that's exactly what we're going to see as the audience watching it. And that's not going to help demonstrate you as the authority and the expert in whatever it is that you're speaking on. So I have to ask the question, of course, with you giving such a great answer there, what caused you to fall in love with the particular medium of being in front of the camera? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I guess since I was a little kid, I suppose I was always, uh, it was always kind of that question. I was like, if you could be anything when you grow up, what would it be? And it's like, I want to be a movie star. <laughs> and I, I really, I loved theater growing up and just did every play musical I possibly could. And then high school and college, uh, just did a lot of like every type of 
uh, project that we did for classes was always to see if we could make it a, a film, do film projects, things like that. But I never, never took it seriously as far as oh, you could really pursue this, especially like in, I live in Colorado. It's extremely tertiary market. (laughs) And it's like, it just seems so foolish and outlandish. Like there's no way. So I never really put any stock into it. And I, I, my first job out of college after I graduated was working at the Denver location of a place I volunteered at in college, which was an adult male correctional facility. And I started there as a teacher for GED and higher ability um, for these adult male felons. And I taught for about two years. And then I moved into a position of case management uh, for about a year at that facility. And then about uh, six or eight months or something like that at a different facility. And the reason why that's so relevant is because there was one night when I was a case manager that I had, uh, that I had a client, I had, we had a lot of very explosive <laughs> nights of a lot of intense <laughs> conversations with some belligerent clients and, and pretty dramatic things that happened. But there's this one particular night where I had a client come in who was just irate and it was, it was a clerical error, which clerical errors in the correctional system can be horrifying. They're, they're a very big deal, but this one we were able to remedy quickly. Um, it was some mistake down at the front desk uh, and I just remember like he barged in my office and it was about 9 PM and it's dark and it's storming and there's literally rain dripping in through my window. And he's a really big guy and he's completely blocking my doorway. It's me, my desk, and then him and then the door behind him. And I just had that moment of clarity of this is not fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I'm tired of having these kinds of days where I just, I, I became so depressed in the scenario. I mean, I'm telling you like personal development is like saved and changed my life. And, and so we were able to deescalate the situation and have him leave. And I remember sitting there for a while and I grabbed out a notepad and I just started writing out a list of things that used to make me happy. And I just promised myself that no matter what, I would start doing some of the things on that list. And one of them was acting. And two weeks later, I went, I just started Googling. So that night I just started Googling. I was like, how do I become an actor? <laughs> like, I have no idea. And I get DMs all the time. I was like, how did you get started? I was like, Google, I don't know. Like, I just started, I just started looking stuff up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how does anybody know anything? Um, and, and I just, uh, two weeks later, I went to this audition for a Stephen King Dollar Babies independent film and uh, booked the lead role. And the next. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. How do you <laughs> two weeks before doing Google and then all of a sudden to actually getting an invite to go into to even try out for it. Yeah, I because because it was an independent film. So it was just on <laughs> some website, filmincolorado.org or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was I was so nervous because it was like. I've never been to this building. I've never done an audition like this before. I have no, I'm like, I have no film training. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, cause most auditions, like you need to have representation, you need agents to be able to get them. But for a lot of independent films, they can just post them. And uh, yeah. And so I just, I went in, it was like, it was, I was such an intense audition too. It was like three pages of dialogue and there was screaming and there was crying and there was just so much happening. And I, I remember calling my dad right after that audition. And I, he was like, so what, how'd it go? I was like, Oh my God, it was so much fun. 
I was like, I feel alive for the first time in years. Like, I feel like me. I got to actually express emotion. I didn't have to just hold everything in. (laughs) And and it was just, it it was such a moment of feeling aliveness and freedom and choice and completely reignited my passion. And so to answer your question specifically through that long answer, but it, it's reminded me time and time and time and time and time again, the power and the magic of the suspension of disbelief that we experience when we're watching an excellent story. Uh, and particularly if it's in visual medium where we can really see ourselves and experience it. And that's, that's the magic of video. You know, you need to know when you're, and this is applicable for in your businesses, you need to know that the lens is a portal of your energy to reach your people. It is, it is so critically important for you to show up with that powerful presence and your brilliance to shine through to be able to reach and impact your people because the way that you are received through video is going to help determine how somebody feels about you. And people buy from people. People buy based on emotion. They use logic to justify something, but we buy based on how we feel about something. And think about the last time a film or TV show made you feel something right? There's so much power and, and just, I truly think magic in that medium. Well, I think it's great that you have a totally different experience than most people, because you have this moment of excitement as you're doing this for the very first time, which mm-hmm. more, mostly other people are like, oh my God, what exactly are you <laughs> do here? But it's great to hear that that was the experience that you had and that mm-hmm. you're deciding now to move forward and assist other people with this. Mm-hmm. As you're Right before all this starts occurring, had you already dabbled a little bit in marketing or is that later down the road? Oh, that was later down the road. I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know anything. I didn't know that podcasts existed. I wasn't on social media. Like I, I, nothing. (laughs) I didn't know anything. Well, and it's interesting because I will tell you, I... I get to hang out quite a bit on, on the LinkedIn's of the world, the different social media aspects. And I see a lot of what we see of LinkedIn coaches. We see TikTok coaches, yeah. interest, whatever. But that's not the approach that you're taking at all. No. You are a behind the camera. You're doing it from behind the camera. The person that you're coaching is in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So how you're taking this approach, why do you use the whole term of camera in success and coach mindset opposed to it just being specific to one target? Why is your avatar so so broad? Yes. And I, I remember actually really struggling with that because our, our platforms are going to evolve. They're going to change. You know, that's, it's, a res, it's a symptom, essentially, of, of digital business, of online business. Uh, you know, having TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of these are just different paths. They're avenues. But the thing that's constant is the person, is the human, the human behind it. And so any one company or small business or entrepreneur can move from platform to platform and show up, you know, on video or something in all of these different arenas, but they're, they're all going to have their own different tips and tricks and algorithms that if you want to really, you know, blow up on one of them, you're going to need to learn that specific platform. But if you, if you as the individual aren't good at it, aren't good on camera, aren't captivating on camera, if you can't compel your audience into thinking a new thought, uh, if, if you can't, you know, show up as, as, as the bright version of you that you are, 
then it doesn't matter what platform you're on, what avenue you're on. It's not going to be able to reach people in the same way. So I speak to the individual person rather than the platform. Where we get to, and that's the great thing because you're doing the whole success mindset piece, Mm -hmm. and I think that's where my opinion, not yours, so I'm not putting words in your mouth, where other where other ones fail in regards to how they're doing it. Because a lot of the LinkedIn coaches, it's algorithm based of, let me teach you how the algorithm, but it doesn't make you a great presenter in front of the camera where you're right. doing teaching of in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Now, as we do the, the, the teaching of in front of the camera, do you say that the stuff that's behind you, like we'll see on a lot of people that post on mm-hmm. different social medias, is the stuff behind you that, that important or is the messaging the more important part or where, or where are we failing as an industry altogether, what is the most important part of the whole sequence? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's right. That's a great question. So I'm going to go ahead and say neither are the most important, either your messaging or your backdrop. (laughs) So let's clarify. Okay. Uh, All that matters. You're the subject matter expert. So I'm going to ask as many questions as I can. (laughs) Good. Perfect. (laughs) Um, What is behind you does matter. You want to pay attention to it, have awareness. Uh, You want to just serve your brand. You know, what is going to help invite people into the experience because it's a visual experience. So be mindful of it. See, is this distracting or does this represent me? Does this represent my values, my interests, my personality? Like, is this on brand? Because that consistency is what builds in reputation and reputation is your branding. So it's, you, you want to have that mindfulness. If you have things that look really messy and cluttered and distracting behind you, yes, that is absolutely going to pull focus. It is going to make you look less professional. Does that mean that you need to have some really fancy studio set up? No, by no means. That might make you look unrelatable. You know, so it's what is going to be something that's, you know, maybe simple and that serves your brand style, your personality shows a bit of who you are. Does that help? Well, yeah, that helps. I mean, exactly. Because here's the funny part is that I, I'll read stuff online where people are going, you need to get out. You need to go out there and get all this fancy equipment behind you and do all this crazy stuff. Where when you <laughs> no. start looking at the expense behind it, it's like. Oh my God, what am I going to be paying for all this stuff? Right. No, don't. Do not stress about that. It is not the most important thing. Yes, it matters. Pay attention to it. Have some awareness, but you can also get a little pop-up backdrop behind you that has like faux wood paneling for like a hundred bucks on Amazon. Like just don't, don't freak out about it, but do be mindful of it, especially, oh my goodness, this has been so hilarious watching some of these, especially during the stay at home time where they're doing a lot of news interviews with people through zoom. And they're like, Oh, I have the best lighting in the bathroom. And then you also have a lot of mirrors and things we don't need to see. And there was like this one gal like her husband is showering in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like you can pay attention, people. Please, please pay attention. Like you, we, we don't, we don't want to see that. Right, and, and, and I think it's funny some of the things that have been taking place. I mean, I've seen people use their TVs as their backdrop to kind of be filler. I mean, there's just been there's been some creativeness, of course, uh-huh. to the whole thing. Now, I'm not a big fan of the green screens, but that's just me personally because you move the wrong direction and you don't have the proper mm-hmm. light. It can become a whole disaster. But like I tell people, I'd rather just be on the radio opposed to actually doing the camera thing. But that's my that's my portion. Now, if it's not too personal, can I ask you a strange question about a success story on where you help somebody be marvelous? 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a specific, and also I wanted to touch on your question earlier where you talked about the messaging. So I do want to make sure I answer that as well. Yeah. Yes. Do that one first and then we can go to that second question. Okay, perfect. So your, your messaging is the foundation for everything that you're sharing. It is, it is the core of your business. <laughs> you know, it's, it's extremely important, but I'm still going to say it is not the most important I think it's a, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote where it's, uh, where people won't remember what you said, but they'll always remember how it is that you made them feel. Mm-hmm. It's something along those lines. And, right. And we've, we've heard this before because it's, it's incredibly true. Your energy is what matters most when you're on camera. It's, it's how you're energetically coming across. How are you making your audience feel when they're watching you. What you say is very important because it's what they're learning. It's, we know it's the content that they're consuming. The visual supports that. So your backdrop, it's important. Your lighting, your sound, all of that, it it matters. It lends itself to the story and the experience Mm -hmm. as a whole, but your energy, the way that you show up, the way, the way that your eyes light up, the way that your smile or lack of smile matches what it is that you're saying all of those things are leading your audience through emotional beats for them to feel a certain way about the message that you're relaying. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the home of Real Safety Talk. You're listening to Safety FM. We'll be right back. Are you tired of not being able to reach the people inside of your organization? What if there's a better approach? What if you could contact them in a click of a button? Here at Safety FM, we can assist you reach your team via podcast. How about setting up a private podcast for just you and your team members? We will cover topics that are important to you and your company. Visit safetyfm.com. That's safetyfm.com and click on services for more information about your own private podcast. Safety FM, a safety focused moment venture. And we are back on the Jay Allen show on safety FM. I mean, and that's just a great approach of how you're on how you're saying that. I mean, it, I think it's that it's for somebody who like me that knows absolutely nothing about that. I think it's so spot on for someone who's learning, um, mm-hmm. especially what you're saying. I mean, it just I don't know. I think that a lot more people need to be paying closer attention <laughs> on, on exactly mm-hmm. how they're making the yes. people feel and not so much about, quote unquote, on how they're doing it. Exactly. Off. That's, that's exactly where, where people are focused so much on themselves when, when they're showing up. And this is, you hear this in reference to speaking on stage all the time, like make it about your audience, not about you. But I, it is so equally important to make sure that you're doing that when you're on camera. It's, it's not about you and your insecurities and how you're feeling. It's about how it is that you are showing up to help serve your audience. Now, I have to ask that, especially with you having a, a background as being an actress as well. Do you ever feel like when you're going somewhere and you're doing presentations, you're playing a role? Oh, I think uh, that's so I love this question. It's so it's so interesting. I think in a way, we're always playing a role of okay. something. You know, I gosh, I remember this because uh, you're always you no matter where you go, right? Like you, you always have to take yourself wherever you go. So you better like yourself. (laughs) You know, I remember, I think there's there's some quote with that, but I do very much think that we have different energies that we bring into different situations. And when I'm snuggling on the couch with my husband and my puppy, I don't need to be in CEO mode. 
I can be super chill. It's still me. It's still my personality, but I don't need to be like, all right, here's the plan for the evening. Like let's break it down into our schedule. Like I don't need to be that version of myself. And so we all have these different facets of us and you do need to have a certain type of awakeness, aliveness, energy, a brightness that you bring when you're on the camera. It's your responsibility to make sure that it is genuine and it is founded in your authenticity so that it is not like, hi, welcome to this show. We're having this specialty today. Like, and you're putting on a voice and you're putting on a character that's something outside of yourself. That's something that's not you. Now, there's, oh, I have like three more things with this. I love this question. <laughs> so um, uh, one of the things that we talk about in acting is you have to become the best truth teller that you can, where you find the truth of yourself in whatever lines you're saying. And so that you can experience the lines as though they are raw for the first time. And you have to find the way that you connect to that character so that it's, it's just their experiences really living through you. And I like that same approach when it's like we're sharing our business content where it's, you know, find the things that you're passionate about in there so that you can actually genuinely be connected to the material and you can show up and share it in a really powerful way, but that's still very much grounded in you. So yes, you might be putting on or playing sort of the role of CEO, of business owner, of, of expert speaker that's, you know, coming on sharing this expertise, but you're not being a character of someone else, someone outside of you. And when I was in one of my jobs in corrections is at the second facility, we had a gal come in and do, she did, it was like a Myers-Briggs test, one of those. And she was looking for personality and character traits of people that made effective case managers. It was really interesting. It was really, I thought that was cool. And probably they should do more stuff like that to get to, uh, to get better people, more qualified people. That's a good way to say this. Uh, I think it's something that people, especially in a criminal justice field, need to be extremely mindful of. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting packed with really uh, irresponsible people that behave in poor ways. Um, is the most diplomatic way that I can say that. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting though, because they were asking really kind of personal questions. And it was like, in, in this you know scenario, would you do A or B thing? And so I remember I raised my hand and I asked the question. I was like, do you want me to a- answer this as though I, it's like the at home version of me or the at work version of me? And I remember my boss snapped at me. He got so mad. And he was like, like, don't, like, don't ask questions like that. Uh, you know, is, you're, the, you're the same always, everywhere you are. And I thought, how unsafe? How, how can I be the same version that I am with my family and my husband here that I am at work as a, as a you know, 23-year-old female in a correctional facility? How, how does that make any sense? Right. And so... <laughs> it sounds dangerous right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go snuggle on the couch over here. Hold on. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, you even kind of think when you're a student, uh, you're like, you have a student hat. We're like, okay, I'm going to go listen and be receptive in class. Like, this isn't my time to teach versus if you're running an, uh, a group or an organization or something like that, like that's your time to lead. You know, what are the different hats and roles that you're stepping into? It's going to change the way that you show up, but it does not change the core of who it is that you are. 
So let me ask a strange question then. What do you like then better? Do you like being behind the camera? Do you like being in front of the camera? Or do you like having an audience or no audience? How do you look at it? Hmm. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Actually, no one has ever asked me that question before. Um, I, I do that a lot with all my interviews. I don't know why that happens. <laughs> that's great. That means you're a good listener. Uh, really, that's that's very cool. I prefer it all. I don't know. I like it all. I it is it is one of the coolest joys to see my clients actually make a shift. Uh, actually, have that difference where they. <laughs> where just their energy changes and their confidence soars when they're in front of the camera. Um, I absolutely love it. I love being in front of the camera, doing videos, not always in the mood for it, not always wanting to do it in my own business. I really understand. And you're just like, I'm not in the mood. It seems like so much effort. So that helps me with my empathy and relatability and resonance with my clients because I get it. I love being in front of the camera for with scripts when I'm you know, getting to kind of play and be in a different role that's something, uh, you know, that's not just Kelsey. So that's always fun. Um, but I really, it is so cool. It is, I, it's just like, man, when, and I, and I actually was an acting coach for about six months and it was, I don't particularly love coaching other actors <laughs> because, because I am an actor and I'm kind of like, I just want to go do the work, but it's a similar feeling with that, with my clients, with entrepreneurs in business where you can see their delivery and you can see where it's falling flat, where they're not hitting it, where I don't believe them, where the emotional connection is not there. Mm -hmm. And then we can tweak it. You know, I can say, okay, how would you feel if, you know, such and such situation were true? And then they go, oh, light bulb moment. And then they can deliver it from that energetic space. And then the capture, the camera captures that. And it is just, it's such a cool feeling. So Kelsey, so based on your answer there, when they hit that mark, mm. do you see more success when people script everything out or they just kind of have like the skeleton on what they're going to cover? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, I, let's, these are so, I love that you're not like pre-scripted. This is great. <laughs> so I, I, this is what we were talking about before. We have to be yeah. as, as organic as possible. I just love it. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. Uh, so it really does depend on the individual, which is why in my one-on-one -on -one coaching or in my course that I have, I have them practice both. I have them practice both pre-recorded and live. I have them practice with a teleprompter and how to do a teleprompter correctly versus bullet points, you know, just having talking points listed out versus having one primary focus. And then they just have that one singular idea and just speak on that free flow. Have them test it and try it and see because it really... Some people feel really safe if they have the full script that they're leaning on and they can just be like, all right, I just, the words are there, you know, no pressure. And it just kind of like lifts that off of them versus other people are like, oh my God, the scripting this is going to take me two weeks. And then I, I feel like I'm looking all over the place. I can't get the teleprompter thing down. Like I just, I just feel better when I riff. But if they have a lot of vocalized pauses or get really stuck or aren't able to hit the emotional connection, sometimes when they're reading or sometimes when they're free form, it just really kind of depends on the individual where we have to try and test in these different ways. And then we can improve, you know, where you can see where the weaknesses are and work on those. Uh, but then also see where the strengths are and then just improve those. Cause when you know your strengths, you put more energy and time into those because then that's, that can be your default. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you did mention teleprompter. Tell me about the learning curve there, because I think that some people have the great idea of using a teleprompter, but sometimes <laughs> they put it too high compared to where the lens is located. So it looks like they're looking straight up. Yes. Um, and then sometimes it's like, did the teleprompter move too quick or did they become Ron Burgundy? I mean, it, there's several <laughs> different things. <there. laughs> oh my God. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so funny and it's so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> it's extremely important that if you have a teleprompter that you're using with your with, with an external camera, like a DSLR or something like that, that you get the actual uh, teleprompter kit where it has the slanted glass and then you use, you know, your phone or an iPad or something like that to feed the words so that it is reflected directly over the lens so that you're looking straight into the lens. If it's on your phone, uh, just make sure that you're using an app that you can change the width. So you want to make sure that the text is just very, very close to the lens, because if you're just an inch away, that's, and I mean like, like literally like a half an inch to one inch, that's a very small space away from the lens for all of your words that you're grabbing, then we really can't tell. Then we really can't see the eye movement. And that's great. You just have to, you know, play around with the speed um, and the font size to make sure that you're reading it in a way that's really natural. But it's also, we we, we do a specific training on this because if you sound like you're reading from a book, I mean, go, go read, go read somebody a page from a book and, and pay attention to the, your vocal delivery. See how it is that it sounds. And if you sound like you're reading from a book, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm no. trying audible. That's what I'm doing now. That's why I'm reading it this way. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that about being the distance, because of course, a a big of the industry hype now with video is having that blurred look. So if you're an inch or two away, then you're not going to have the blur depending on where the camera is set. So I think it's interesting that you bring that up. Now, the other portion that kind of drives me crazy when that I see it from time to time is when people are sitting there and they do the off center camera or they do where they're trying to do like the newscast. And I'll say probably I should probably say more along the lines of the night show monologues where they're standing off to the side and they're going to be doing the, the version of the daily news. <laughs> yeah. What is the correct way of doing it? Is it the center? Is it the, the offside or is it just depends on the individual and what they're trying to accomplish? I think it really kind of depends on the individual. I see a lot of goofy framing. And so the offside works really well if you have edits that you're putting in there. If graphics and words and you're doing kinetic typography are going to be showing up, <laughs> if, if something's going to be edited in that space. Otherwise, if it's just big, empty space for no reason, that's it's weird. It's distracting. It's like, why just like step in, step into the center a little bit more, not necessarily full center because rule of thirds is definitely a real thing. You know, you can stand on one of the grid lines of, of the rule of thirds uh, to make sure that you're not just completely smack dab center in, in the frame. However, you can, as long as the frame lines go just a couple inches above the top of your head and then about mid chest, that's a pretty standard framing and you can be slightly off center or center for that. What's weird, uh, what's ignoring fully the rule of thirds is when someone has their face directly in the center of the frame, meaning there's, there's a few feet above the top of their head that's open space where their face looks tiny because it's just like in the middle circle of the frame. If you know what I'm talking about, I don't have a visual to show you, but that looks really, really bizarre. And I see that sometimes, and I think people are like, Oh, I have to be completely centered. So 
they have all of this space to the sides of them and above their head. And they just look like this small, like out of place person in, in the very literal middle of the frame. So I don't recommend that at all, but definitely, you, you know, lean on the rule of thirds and only step to the side that far. If you're going to be having like graphics or something, some sort of edited visual that's going to be coming in. Oh, I, you're almost tempting me to see if we can set up like a Zoom invite on where we could actually watch YouTube and Twitch videos together and go, hey, how, how do you think the framing's going there? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. So, Kelsey, I know that earlier I had asked a question about somebody who you helped become marvelous that was not when they first started off. Can you give me some of that story? And if it goes, to, I don't want it to become too personal where the client might actually figure out who they're talking about. But if you, <laughs> you actually... Um, cover with us? So a few things come to mind, but one of them, this is, this is simple, but it was one of the best messages. And anytime I get like these awesome messages, I always screenshot them and save them. But I had a client say it so, so beautifully. And, um, she said like, I used to, now I'm trying to, I wish I knew her exact words, but paraphrasing, she said, like, I used to be so terrified of the camera, like an actual fear that was there. Like, you know, the fears of judgment and all those things that we had talked about. But uh, she was like, I used to be so terrified of the camera. She goes, and now I get exhilarated. It feels so empowering. And these are the words she used. It felt so empowering to get in front of the camera, a place I never thought I belonged and share my message. And to hear her go from using adjectives like terrified into exhilarated and empowered, I, I, it's not a very detailed story, but it was so, so beautiful. It was such a great expression of the way that our relationship can transform around how we feel about ourselves based on how we feel when we're in front of the camera. No, but as a coach and an entrepreneur, that has to make you proud mm -hmm. that you're able to help a client in that fashion. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> now, Kelsey, if our listeners want to know more about you and the organization that, you, that you're with, what do they need to do? Oh, please come find me on Instagram. That is, I mean, I'm on all of them pretty much, but that's where I hang out the most. I post a ton of free content. I am at Kelsey underscore more and... Yeah, DM me. Say hi. Please like take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me. Let me know that you watched it. I really, really love getting those messages. They're like they're like virtual hugs. <laughs> it feels really good. <laughs> so please do. And right now I have a free video training series. That's a, a four-part video series that's a great place to help you get started. If you're like, okay, I get it. I need to start doing this. What do I do? Uh, that's just the perfect way to really start easing into using video in your business. Well, Kelsey, I truly do appreciate you coming on to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Well, I have to tell you, I truly appreciate all the insight that Kelsey brought to the show today in regard to covering of all aspects of mental models, how to stand in front of that camera, what kind of approach you need to have, and really breaking it down for us here at Safety FM. As we move forward over the next following weeks, we're going to have some different things occurring in the show. We did have a lot of feedback from the show we did last week with Rick's Eckleberry. A lot of people seem to enjoy the conversation. Well, I wanted to bring this up before time runs out today. On July the 29th, 
at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will be hosting a Hop 101 class. That is a human and organizational performance class. Now, the class will be available to you virtually. And this will be covering the foundation and the fundamentals of human and organizational performance. If you're interested in participating in this virtual session, you can get more information at safetyfm.io. That's safetyfm.io. The class will be virtual and available to you wherever you're located. We have decided to do something a little bit interesting here with this particular session. We want to help you as you help us. So we, we will be presenting to our Safety FM family here, our Safety FMers, as we want to do a portion of revenue share. So what do I mean? If you come to the website safetyfm.io, you can create an affiliate link. So for every ticket that you help us sell, you will get a 5% commission for the sale of that ticket. So if you are interested, go to safetyfm.io for more information. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM, and that is the listener. We couldn't do what we do without you. Thank you for taking a listen to this episode of Safety FM. Of course, this portion being the Jay Allen Show. We are the home of real safety talk. This will bring this episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. We'll be back before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.